You're listening to Thrive, where every week we have meaningful conversations with incredible women like you, packed with practical tips and sisterly advice to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday gal who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. I'm your host, Erica Gwynn, and I'm ready to thrive together. Here's today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to Thrive. I'm Erica, and if you do not already know this, I have a four and a half year old daughter, and my son is either already here or like about to be here, depending on when you're hearing this episode. So definitely no mom expert, but if there's one thing that I've learned in my four and a half years of being a mom so far, it's that you're really never done learning how to be a mom. And parenting is no lie, no joke, the hardest gig probably any of us have ever had, but it can also be the most rewarding, the most joyful, and just kind of all the things. It's such a roller coaster. So personally, I'm a big fan of when we have friends on the show who really know what they're doing (laughs) and feel super confident and comfortable and have figured a few things out and can help the rest of us with their knowledge, their expertise, and their super sound wisdom along the way. So. We've got exactly that for you today with my new friend, Michelle. Now, as a teacher of over 100 kids, author of four, mom of three, and the creator of the course Fixer Upper Parenting, Michelle Gano is sort of nailing this whole mom thing, but it wasn't always that way. So she's here to send you a virtual hug and high five because she knows firsthand how possible it is to go from barely surviving until bedtime to truly thriving as a busy mama. In today's episode, Michelle breaks down her top three keys to actually loving the childhood years instead of wishing them away. We talk about really connecting with your kids, fostering a happy and healthy home environment emotionally and physically, and we talk about improving tough behavior through super practical tips that, yes, can totally work on your kid too. Your kids can be your motivation not your excuse. And we hope that you feel that after this episode. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now welcome, Michelle. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Welcome to Thrive. We are big fans of of parenting chats around here because, man, they say it takes a village. And I think that they are right. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I know I find so much value in chatting with other mamas, getting other perspectives, borrowing tools from other moms' tool belts. So we are really all about the practical tips here and the practical the tricks to make motherhood a little bit easier. And I know you are obviously here to help show us how and make it happen. And you've got three littles of your own, which is always so fun. So you are a teacher, you are a parent. You teach a course called Fixer Upper Parenting, which such a cool name, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But tell us your story and kind of your journey to getting to where you are now and feeling, feeling like you are confident enough in the whole parenting game to like teach other moms how to do it. Because I always look at 
people like you with wonder and awe, like, wow, bless you for having, for having figured something out that the rest of us are like scratching our heads over. Yeah. Well, I will definitely say I have my bad days, so we're going to start there. And I am, uh, yes, <laughs> I, this is not like I've got it all down pat. The one thing that I do have that really helps is when I was a teacher, I, um, I always had those tough kids in my class and they would kind of pile them in knowing that I had the patience and love uh, for them. And they always turned into my greatest accomplishment. And so the way that I had to handle them in class was a lot of strategies, a lot of tools, a lot of trial and error that didn't work and trying new things. Um, and so I just found certain things that helped in the classroom, visuals, uh, just conversation prompts, simple things like that. Um, and all of a sudden, fast forward to motherhood. And I birthed a tough kid. And I was like, what the heck? I thought I did my time already in the classroom. Why do I have one? <laughs> and, and, um, and then I was like, all right, well, it's okay. I'm, I'm kind of a strong-willed person as well. So what did we expect here? Uh, no big surprise. So, uh, so yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm losing my mind and very frustrated, but I've handled this before. So let me start using some of the things I did in the classroom and use them at home and see if they work. And they started catching on really quick. And so that's really what led me here. And so very quickly, I was like, I got to put this into a course because I know how busy parents are these days and they need practical things to help them. And just to go from like not surviving, right? Because I feel like every day is just pure chaos and we want to have that like home sweet home feel. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my story of how I got here and um, my motivation behind it. Well, first off, do our four-year-olds know each other? Because it sounds like <laughs> they're both <laughs> in the same sort of category there. But I think you're right. It's really funny because we it, it's like when they they say that we give the best parenting advice before we're actually parents. And then, oh, yeah. and then like you become a parent, you're like, oh, like it's, there are some things that just like really are a lot harder in actual practice. Yes. And then when you're dealing with little humans who like can give it straight back to you the way that you're mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I'm stubborn. I got this. And then you have like that in, yes. in a, like a three and a half foot tall body, giving it right back to you. You're like, oh God, it's really funny. This is like a really good time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, definitely. Never a dull moment is the best way no, to put it, for sure. No, but I, I, I totally agree with you in the whole, um, I feel like so much of us can get stuck in this sense of survival mode in motherhood, especially where like, we kind of find ourselves in a rut or just kind of in this routine of just getting by thinking that it's not even possible to get into an actual posture of thriving because our goal just becomes like, just make it to bedtime or just make mm -hmm. it to tomorrow or like, just, just kind of get there where we end up, unfortunately, not even enjoying all of it and kind of yeah. wishing some days away yes. because oh we God, just yes. are, because <laughs> we're just like, so exhausted or so yeah. frustrated or so like, in our out of what feels like our element or there's just one of us and it's just it's just really hard so I feel like it's also important to start this conversation by just giving everyone like a virtual hug through the microphone like we see you in your heart yes, because like oh we are also in the in the mm -hmm. heart because yours you said we're like what four four two and ten months yep yeah, and then right. mine's four and a half and seven months in the womb so like yeah not, not yet not yeah. doing that but like um 
So yeah, I, I think it's, it's sad and hard, but it's real and raw that a lot of us feel like parenthood is this kind of like either or thing, like either mm-hmm. you're all in on your kids and they get your everything and they're your light and they're your pride and your joy, or you're focusing on your career maybe. And you're trying to not like lose yourself and you're trying to really push for that. And in either scenario, it feels like something's got to give. And that can be hard because in reality, I think sometimes, oftentimes something does have to give because we just can't do it all in at the same time. Well, Mm -hmm. but I know that you have, I think, 10 different keys to like actually loving the childhood years, but still taking care of yourself along the way. So I would love if you can kind of unpack some of those for us, because I mean, like sign us all up. I think everyone is kind of craving (laughs) that. Like, I don't want to be in survival mode. I would love to be able to enjoy childhood and not lose myself along the way. Mm. It feels like this completely unattainable thing, but it's like the key to thriving as a parent. So if you've got 10 of the keys, I'll take like even five because, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, the three things that I'm going to share with you and we'll kind of like go as in depth as you want. Um, but the three things that I think about is like improving tough behavior is one of them, um, that I just want to go over with people and then, uh, creating a happier home and also just creating like a deeper connection with your kids. And so those are really the three biggest, like umbrellas I'll say that they all fall under because I, I keep coming back to this phrase because, uh, spoiler alert, I'm actually writing a book right now. Um, it's, the rough draft is written and I'm in editing mode and I can't wait to get it in people's hands because I just like, I want, I just, I need to fix this problem. Like I am so freaking motivated to like help people because it's just, you see it over and over with families, like just wishing the days away. And I'm, and I agree, like, trust me, there are days that I'm like, Oh my God, like, is it bedtime yet? Can we just pretend it's bedtime? So they go away. Um, but (laughs) don't have me. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, but then there, I mean, right now I'm like hearing screaming. So I hope you don't too. And things happen, but, um, I'm digressing. Sorry train of thought this is their hood too (laughs) but yeah pretty much there are three umbrellas that I will um, talk about and in the book I talk about this concept of like home sweet home because everyone always says like oh home sweet home and like does anyone ever feel that probably not a lot of us don't feel that way and it's just like pure chaos and so that's like the biggest piece that I like to like talk about with people just because there are little things that you can do so t- tell me what you want me to go into, because I'd love to um, kind of dive oh, into can... some practical tips, if that's yes. okay. I don't want to go too long totally. for you. No, okay. we can do all three, because all three sound like, yes, yes, yes. Check, check, check. Sign me up. We can go whatever, whatever order awesome. you prefer. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. And I'm just going to give like one little touch of each. So obviously, this yes. is like just touching on it, not like diving deep. But um, but yeah, so improving behavior, I well, no, I'm starting with connecting on a deeper level, because you can't improve behavior until you have that deep level of connection. Um, and that's just how I feel. So um, again, examples from teaching and parenting. When I was a teacher uh, with those tough kids, a lot of them um, if you are like disciplining them in a certain way, like, uh, like demanding things of them or yelling at them, they're not going to be receptive of it. And I always put myself in their shoes. Like if someone's screaming at you, are you going to be receptive of them? No, 
probably not. I hope not. Um, and, and so I always kind of try that. Um, but yeah, so as far as deeper level, I love talking uh, with my kids about like the love languages. Have you ever heard of love languages with Gary Chapman, that book? Sure have, yep. Okay, awesome. Good, you're speaking my language then. So I love um, asking the question, what can I do to make you feel loved today? And if that's too complex for them, if that's like, what are you talking about, mom? Um, then you can simply say, uh, I did this prompt with kids in my classroom where it was, um, I feel loved by my mom when she, what? That's like a lot easier to um, answer. Or I feel loved by my dad when he, what? And so then very quickly, you will recognize, okay, what is it that I do that helps my kids individually? Because what helps one isn't going to help the other. Like my, my two older ones are very different with how they receive love. And so I need to speak their love language. I can't speak what I would want. I, because then it's not actually creating that deep level of connection. Um, so that's definitely one piece that, um, that I'd love to chat with you about. And that's funny too, because you're right in that it, it also connects to adulthood so perfectly and beautifully. And we just forget yeah. that sometimes mm -hmm. because like, if, if you have your partner or your best friend and you just, and you speak different love languages or you receive mm -hmm. love in different ways, I think a lot of us kind of get stuck in the rut of trying to give love the way that we receive it. Yes. And then we're kind of slamming our head against the wall. If it's not received the way that we would hope or expect it to be received, or the way that we would personally receive it. And we have to remind ourselves like, whoa, they might receive love in a different way than we do. And mm -hmm. also in a different way than we are giving it. So yeah. if you're just, if you're constantly like, you're trying to give them gifts and they're like, cool, 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 whatever. And you feel like they're going completely unappreciated. And it's because they don't actually care about gifts. They care about yeah. you saying like, Hey, you look, you look really beautiful today. Or like, I, I see you and I appreciate when you do the dishes, like that might have yeah. a totally different reaction and response from them than the other things. So it's, it's just so interesting. I think that that clearly connects with our kids too, where we can pick up on like, okay, this one really craves that, that snuggle time at the end of the day. And like, that's what physically connecting with them is what makes them get back on track. And another one might need that one-on-one -on -one attention where you are just, with them for even just 10 minutes playing the mm -hmm. game or the toy or the puzzle that they want to play and your phone's in a different room and they have your full attention and then they feel their cup is filled. So yeah, absolutely. A plus tip right off the start. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, thank you. And it's so true too, because something that I'm learning, even with my son, like my daughter is all physical touch. So I'm like, I just need to hug her and hold her and she's good. And that's like me. So that's nice and easy for me with my son. He changes it up too a little bit. So like some days he'll want um, that quality time. And then other days, all of a sudden he'll be asking for a hug and I'm like, Oh, okay. So that's a good lesson for me to be like, well, it's not just one and done. It's it, it can change. So that's why asking them like, I just don't know like if parents like our parents or generations before us ever thought to just ask the kids you know it's like such a simple concept but it's like if you don't know just ask and they will tell you because they know what they need um, and and if you teach them to verbalize it then that connection can really deepen um, just like in your home so something I've learned yeah I love that well speaking of home you said the second one is creating a happy home environment yeah 
Yeah, definitely. So, oh my gosh. So there are so many tips. I honestly don't even know where to start with that one, but um, (laughs) (laughs) so there's a lot, but what I will say is something that I love doing with them is we all get so caught up in the crazy day. And so like the hectic, everything and really trying your hardest to, and I know this is hard, but setting aside at least like five to 10 minutes to just be with them and do what they would like to do, you know, and, and whether that's um, like, even for me, like we always have a crazy witching hour every night where they are bonkers right before, like, of course, as we're cooking dinner and like, it's all just happening at once and it's just chaos. So what we've started to do is, and we love doing this, is just a dance party every single day. And we just turn it so loud. We dance like crazy, sing or like, and we just look like crazy people probably to our neighbors, but, um, but it is such a special time because what could have been a very stressful moment in our day, we've intentionally shifted it to be a positive one. So we've had the days where that was the stressful moment. And then it's what a spiral of just screaming and arguments. And then, oh, awesome. We're all sitting for dinner and everyone's angry. Um, so really being intentional about that, like the environment you're creating. Um, Another thing I do is like instrumental music I use for calming purposes. Um, And so I'm trying to like, I'm always gauging the tone of our home and like the mood that I'm feeling. And so if things are like, if things are too hectic and I need to slow them down, I do some nice calming instrumental music or I pump them up a little bit. If I'm like, oh boy, we're about to fall asleep and it's not nap time. Let's pump them up a little bit. You could put on upbeat ones, you know? So it just always kind of being aware of the environment you're creating. Um, and I'm very big with music. So as you can see, that's like one of my biggest, um, biggest pieces that I like to do. I love that. That's such good advice. I'm curious what you would say. I don't know if you've seen the meme that's, that goes around and it's like, it's, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something along the lines of, um, that, they wish they, they teach us how to like put a diaper on a baby, but like no one actually teaches you how to still how to like get in the mood and be happy when they want you to be a tugboat. And like, you're totally not. And you're like depressed. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to be a tugboat today. <laughs> but like, they're like that they, they are, they need you to be a happy tugboat. And you're like, I, I got nothing. <laughs> so I would love, what's your advice on that? Cause I feel like that kind of ties into this whole going from surviving to thriving yourself as a parent in those roles, because I'm, I'm sure we've all had those moments where you know your kid is craving connection. They are they are calling out for it. They are asking you specific things, maybe even very clearly being like, mommy, this is what I want you to do with me. And you are just like totally not in the good in the headspace for it. Or you're just like, you're trying to put other things in the back of your brain and it's just really hard and you're having one of those days and you're like, I want to show up and be that parent for you, but I am on the struggle bus or on the struggle tugboat. What's your advice? Like what, how do you get yourself out of that funk when you're in that moment and you're like, you see the opportunity for connection and you don't want to not take advantage of it and you want to do it well, but you're like, it's hard. Yeah. So (laughs) I no, I really love that. And I haven't seen that meme around, but I, um, I love that because, oh man, uh, I just do it. Like, even if I'm not in the mood and I would say I would go two ways. Like I would either do it. And like, just for me, what I do, honestly, I'm like bringing myself back for a second. I like look at their little faces and I'm like, okay, like, is that other thing really that important? 
And, yeah. and it might be, it might be, and that's okay. And so if it is, let's say you're in a position and you're like, yeah, great. Look at their face. Of course, I want to look at their face and do that nice thing with them, but I can't, I have a meeting, you know, like right now I'm in a meeting to them. Right. So I can't go be with them. But as soon as I get off of this meeting, what am I going to be doing? Giving them my full attention for at least a chunk of time and they know it. So I actually like using visual timers with my kids and you could get one like on Amazon. And that's really helpful because if I personally am stressed out and I have so much stuff to do, I will just put the timer on for five or 10 minutes and I'll say, oh my goodness, we have so much special time together and I can't wait. What do you want to do at that time? Even though in the back of my head, I'm like, there are things to do, but that timer is going to help me stay on track. And I feel at peace knowing that that timer is there because when that goes off, if you do this regularly, they're going to know, okay, we can't um, like keep going, but they know that that will come back another time. So that's one thing that is like a practical thing you can try to, um, to give them the attention, but also keep yourself in check of like, all right, I I really can't do this for like a half hour here. I love that too, because it forces us to actually try to compartmentalize our brains, which can be so difficult. I think it's it's women too. I'm so jealous of men. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how did you just do that? I want They just turn it off. They like turn, something turns on and off and they can just open different drawers and like, be like, oh, I didn't, I truly didn't think about it. I'm like, you, you truly didn't think about it. Like no idea that did not cross your mind. Yeah. Not even a thought. Yeah. Meanwhile, our brain is like jello and it's like spaghetti (laughs) all on top of each other. Like everything affects everything. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing though. It's like a blessing and a curse because then sometimes that's like absolutely our superpower in motherhood because we can manage all of the different people and all of the different things. And and the husbands and the house and what all of the, and the jobs and like all of the all of the things but then i think that's what it's like the it's the double edged sword because then sometimes emotionally then i think it can become harder to separate separate yes. those things and compartmentalize them but i love the idea of of that timer because like you said i i'm with you too where like i'll look at my daughter and i'll really just try to like focus on how earnestly she's looking at me and i'm like mm-hmm. you know what i can to- i can i can do it i can step up and be yeah. the tugboat in this in this <laughs> scenario and like I'm gonna be a damn good tugboat like I'm gonna be real happy I'm gonna channel my high school theater days and I'm gonna make it happen but um I think when you have that timer in the back of your head too it's a little bit easier because you know that you have yourself that dedicated time when you can fully focus on that and everything else can go can can wait truly Mm -hmm. like it's it can wait even when it might not feel like it in the beginning of the moment (laughs) it kind of is it ends up being like a weird blessing for us in the end where like we have a little bit of a mental reprieve and maybe being a happy tugboat is exactly what your heart needed I was just just gonna say you you probably yeah and you probably are gonna end up laughing in some way and then you are like your day was just like heightened and enhanced by that little tugboat game you know and so (laughs) I don't know I believe in uh definitely like making sure you act like a child every day which sounds so dumb but it's like there these childhood years only last a certain number of years right and so like they're going to be gone and all of a sudden in a couple of years my kids are going to be like middle of elementary school and who knows what their imagination will be like then so for now I know it's temporary and that's I think the biggest thing like even 
since you're pregnant, even like with birth and all of that, like I always told myself this pain is temporary or this struggle is temporary. And, and that's how I get through it because I'm like, okay, in 10 years from now, I'm not going to be doing and like exerting this amount of energy on them, like the way I do now. And so do it, just do it. And, and they're going to have so many cute memories and you're going to have memories um, doing it too, because all of a sudden it'll be just a different shift, like as their yeah. phases go on. Yeah. Beyond the emotional tone of the home and kind of setting things up to be, to be shifted, how you need them to be in that mm-hmm. sense. Do you have any kind of practicals for the physical space? Because I think That's especially something that can like, oh goodness, be the bane of everyone's existence because it just is like a constant reset every day. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. What are your favorite ways to kind of like sustainably set up your home space for success in the physical surroundings? Yeah. So I'm slightly laughing to myself because we literally just moved like a month and a half ago. And so our space, I'm, I can confidently say we are finally settled in (laughs) and I was so intentional with like, okay, this room will have this, this room will have this. And I really made sure I set it up in a way that just didn't feel overwhelming because my God, the amount of toys in this freaking house is just overwhelming. And <laughs> they so, multiply. Oh my God. I'm like, can everyone just stop buying toys? Because like, this is too much. I don't like it. <laughs> and so anywho, that's my Grinch mode. But like happy Michelle mode is saying, okay, well, we have all this stuff. It's all really cute. How can we at least organize it to make it work? So what I've actually started doing uh, very recently is like doing my own in my head, I have a cleaning schedule that I do that like, okay, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I like do a cleanup sweep of toys and vacuum upstairs. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays is downstairs. And I'm finding that that's really helping because I'm sharing that with the kids, even though they're little, they understand. And so I'm saying, Hey guys, it's Monday. So I'm going to be vacuuming later. Let's make sure we're extra careful with picking up after ourselves. Now, is that going to do the trick? No, you're going to, you're going to need to model it for you, for them. And I actually did a video recently on social media about this and just the cleanup mode. Um, like I love just picture, like I always feel bad when I or other parents are like, just clean all of this up, just clean up all the toys. And it's like, what? Like once my son looked at me and was like, I don't know where it all goes. Like I, he just looked beyond overwhelmed. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, obviously this, this is overwhelming for you. It would be overwhelming for me too. So I sit there and I say, okay, you pick up all the Legos, you pick up all the cards and I'll get all the play food, you know, and, and let's be a team and and you could bring out that timer or music, something like that, and work on it as a team to model it for them. And that to me has really, really helped with our space because we're not tripping over toys. And even on the days we are, we know that, okay, the next day we're going to be cleaning that up anyways. Um, And because honestly, for me, like a daily cleanup just feels like a lot. So I just don't do that. Um, With those ages, like once they're a little more independent, that you can have that expectation, I think. But for now, that just doesn't work for me. Yeah, for sure. Have you heard of the laundry hamper hack? I have, yes. And that works. That seems to work well, too. Yeah. I I, I have a, laun- a different laundry hamper that's, like, kind of cool in my Amazon yeah. card right now for that exact specific purpose. Yeah. Or for anyone listening who's like, what on earth are you talking about? I hate laundry. Girl, same. But, like, <laughs> it's 
<laughs> you literally, the whole point is like you taking this hamper and like once a day doing a quick sweep around areas that tend to hold clutter more or are kind of like your dumping grounds for toys or random things. And you just put all of it into the hamper so that at a specific, on a specific day of the week or a specific time of day, you, with your you kids, with your partner, mm-hmm. right. You can kind of like, you have it all in one place and you can sort it. And that can kind of work with the whole team thing too, where you can be like, all right, yep. you are going to this room with these exactly. things and putting them in this space. And then these things go in this space because it's yeah. just, it just consolidates it a little easier yeah and we always talk about it like we after we clean up we'll say to them we'll be like oh my gosh doesn't this feel so much better and they're like yeah it does I can like move around more you know and so just kind of giving them that awareness because they're not naturally going to think of that so kind of be their inner voice when you're having experience for sure for sure okay I think this brings us to tip number three improving tough behavior which yeah this is a loaded yeah. one. So there's two things. Yeah, there's two things that I definitely want to share. One of the biggest lessons I learned as a teacher was from uh, my hardest student who I absolutely love and keep in touch with him today. Um, and he taught me that um, in the middle of a meltdown, I would be like, it's okay, it's okay, you're okay. You're, like, I'm, you're okay. And he would scream louder and he would he would like, it would heighten the meltdown. And then I started saying, I'm here. And that was the biggest game changer ever. Just being like, I'm here for you. I'm here. I I know this hurts or I know you are so sad right now. I hate seeing you so sad. I'm here. And just being that like consistent um, presence really can help a lot because if they know that you're truly there for them, not just like trying to like shut their, like, I don't know, shut their like emotions off you know it's like yeah. if you're saying it's okay it's like no it's not okay they're, they're like I'm not okay they're, they're really. crying. <laughs> yeah like, so that's one big thing that I learned that I um that I like doing I guess I love that I love that do you think give us give us like your top tip for when you have the strong-willed kids too because since you mentioned your oldest being strong-willed and mine is super strong-willed <laughs> and we probably have like some very similar experiences yep. to go off of here where it's almost like they're too smart for their own good and they yeah. can counter with with things where you're mm-hmm. like okay if you don't become a lawyer or like yes. a master negotiator for like the FBI mm-hmm. I'll be a little salty because it's <laughs> I'm like yeah we have a lot of practice here <laughs> I know we're very impressed with the negotiation skills. So I actually really like to give choices for him and for my daughter too. So I do a lot of choice giving with him so that he, because a strong-willed kid or adult likes to have somewhat of control of their space, their life, what they're doing, right? So within reason, give them some control. So one thing that I do is a little like lunch menu or a breakfast menu. And I give them a few choices and I say, all right, and I make it like, a life skill, right? So I'm like, hello, what would you like to order? You know, and so it's a quick thing that like, instead of just handing them a plate of what you think they're going to eat, say, okay, pick one or two things. What would you like today? And it's a cute part of our day now that we do that. And it's none of it takes more time than the other. It's not like I'm making gourmet meals. It's like, okay, waffle or a bagel, like they both go in the toaster. So, um, so it's simple things that he has cho- a choice and feels like he won't have a blow up because of it. And that's something, and something more than that is just like 
games like okay what do you want to play you can play with this one or this choice you know and just always giving options I've found is really helpful because honestly he's always going to be strong-willed and the way that I kind of calm my own brain is like one day these skills are going to help him as an adult right now they suck as like me parenting you because you are really good at what you're doing but I know that in the future he's going to be a leader of some sort and and I'll sit back and be like okay that that's why he was like that um yeah yeah so a step beyond that when they get to the point where choices aren't necessarily sufficient in the sense Mm -hmm. of they're like, oh, I actually have a full, I've already made all of the decisions. I know exactly what I want. I'm going to tell you, I don't need choices from you or any input. I am fully independent and I've got this. Um, What is your advice then for empowering them, but still making sure that they are well aware that like you are their grown up, so to speak. Yeah. And like that they still have, like there might be times where mommy or daddy still has to say no or has to maybe yeah. shift directions, not even in like a you exerting control or authority sort of way, but just mm-hmm. like in a, hey, like but a you're respect still four. And yeah. Right. Either in, in both, in a respect sense, but also in the sense of like, you're also still four. And for as smart as you are, there are still many things that, We still got to learn here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think just like basic consequences. So the way that I like to do consequences is logical consequences. I learned that phrase, like when I was teaching and doing all that stuff. And so you're not going to like, for this is, this is how I do it. Like if there is a situation where he's grabbing a toy from his sister, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're not going to the park later. No, that had nothing to do with what he just did. He's not going to make it. So what do I do? I remove that toy from him and make sure he cannot play with the toy because he grabbed it. You know, so do a logical consequence and tell him so he's aware of what happened. I think that's a big thing too. Sometimes they're not realizing what they're doing or they're just like, they need that additional reminder um, so that it doesn't continue to happen. So have the conversation after it's all kind of settled down a little bit more um, because having it right away might Like he might not listen right away because he's just so in the mode of like, I want that thing. So let him cool off. And then later on in the day, be like, hey, I noticed when you did that. Um, And then kind of go into the whole spiel of like, next time, maybe let's try doing this instead. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Beyond connecting with them in the way that they are telling you they need connection or in the way that you've identified that they need connection based on their personalities or whatever. Do you have just any favorite general tips or activities or just things that you think are like really good connectors that people can kind of put in their back pockets as like a, okay, we've got a free Saturday or they're home from school. We've got some time before dinner or whatever. And you want to just kind of shake things up and keep it fresh and mix it up beyond the usual menu of activities. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I always like, uh, I have like a ton of like conversation prompts. Um, and, and it's something that I like to involve like emotional intelligence, which sounds so fancy or like social emotional learning is like my total teacher brain going. But a lot of my conversations with my kids involve that. So it's like, hey, like, how did you feel when we did this? Or like when you're looking through books, very much talk about the emotions and the facial expressions that you're seeing in the like characters and um, and and kind of talk 
it sparks a lot of conversations that you might not normally have just out of the blue. So I actually love like sitting and reading with my kids. And I know that sounds so like cheesy, but I've just found a lot of good conversation come from that. Um, and, and a lot that will help them like interact well with other kids, adults. So talking about emotions, talking about feelings and, and saying like, oh my gosh, I feel scared too sometimes. And, and having those kinds of uh, conversations can really just like, again, do all of those things, connect on a deeper level, create a happier home, you know, and, and improve their behavior too. Well, and you also see how their brain works. Because I feel like when you listen, when you give them the chance to ask questions and stories, or you see what they're focusing on or what they're kind of zeroing in on, Mm -hmm. you kind of see like, are they more visual or are they listening more? Or are they like, what's like the weird detail that they are super hung up on? And that I think gives you a lot of insight also into just like how, like we've had to take some stories out of our house because they were like, oh, wait, what we thought was like a totally harmless, normal story. is like, actually, she's really hung up on this one thing. And it's like, (laughs) not a thing. (laughs) Yeah, not good. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, so one other tip that um, I have for like tough behavior um, is I have this flip chart. I wish I had it. I'm pretty sure it's like right in my closet, but each kid has it for, I use it for bedtime and it's like a little flip chart. So my younger daughter has only like three flaps on it. And then my son has five flaps on it and it is just routine and teaching them multi-step directions without having to tell them every single night what they're doing. Um, and so I remember trying this out and I was like, oh, dear God, please work. And, and so I was like, okay, here we go. Like bedtime's got to improve. And within, I'm not even like two days better because he was telling me what we should be doing instead of me sitting there being like, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. Did you brush your teeth? Did you go to the bathroom? <laughs> you know, like the robot that we always feel like. And so that's one other thing that you could use uh, beyond bedtime, like getting ready for school in the morning or um, like just whatever routine they kind of struggle getting through on their own. Uh, having that little flip chart could really help. Um, and yeah. it's cute because then they'll like teach each other too. Like my son will be like, Savannah, here's yours. This is what you do first and kind of coach her through it. And then it's like, it, it just it helps a lot. So again, with a strong little kid, that's a really helpful thing. Just like making routines very visual. Um, it just helps everyone kind of go smooth. Yeah. Okay. Did you make the flip chart yourself or did you find this somewhere on the internet? Yeah, no, I did. So it's just like, a, I, really, I should go grab it, but um, yeah, I made it. And it's just like a, do you want me to grab it? With a go for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's Give check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check this out. So under each number is the different steps. So it's like brush teeth, go potty, do a puzzle. He always like does one puzzle before we go to bed, read a book and bedtime, you know? And so this is his little bedtime routine. And so all he does is just grabs this and and he always recites it. And a fun way to do it too is like get a flashlight. So like turn the lights out and get a flashlight and be like, okay, shine on the one that you're doing. Okay, number one is we did that. And he'll be like, check. Number two, check. And so it's just a cute way of um, doing it. And then with the younger ones for my daughter, it's very simplified. So it's like brush teeth, bed, no, sorry, brush books, bed. So, and, and I just repeat it. I'm like, okay, remember before we go to bed, it's brush books, bed, brush books, bed. And like, just kind of coach them like that and use it like a cutesy language so that they catch on. Um, And then eventually she'll, she like, goes along with it too. 
Yeah. I love that. I've also, we've tried having our daughter repeat it back to us or like saying it to her once, but then being like, okay, now you have to remember. And then almost like Mm -hmm. quizzing her later to be like, do you remember? Okay. We just finished this. Now do you remember what comes next? And then they're like, Oh yeah, I totally know. And then, and then they're like that much more empowered to do it because they're like, I got this. Like I remembered. Yeah. And then they like think they're, it's their idea all of a sudden. And they're like, yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, it sure was your idea. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You've got it. Totally. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so fun. And I love how many practical things you shared because I feel like that's what we all need as parents are like yeah. the practicals, not the fluff. Yeah. We need like the exactly. in the moment. Like, yeah, what we do get I do? What we need. Yeah. Right. That's, <laughs> I'm like, that's my biggest thing with like the course that I made too. And I, I said that to myself, I was like, okay, the lessons are less than 10 minutes, like much less. And it's all printable resources. So you literally just say, Hey, this is it. I'm not even going to go into depth. Why? We're just going to explain it quick, give you a brief. And then here's the tool, go use it. (laughs) Because I'm like, you, you don't have time for that. I didn't have time making that. (laughs) So it's like, I always laugh. Like when people do like a lot of emails, right. I'm like, no, I don't have time to write them. You don't have time to read them. I'm not doing email sequences with you. (laughs) Like you'll get the like help along the way as, as needed, but um, yeah, yeah, just keep it, keep it super simple for people. No, I love that. It's so good. Well, in wrapping things up, I'm going to ask you what we ask everyone to end the show, mm-hmm. which feel free to answer this from like the parenting perspective or just from you as Michelle human mm-hmm. outside of being a mom perspective. <laughs> yes. Um, but what Who's does that? thrive, no, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, no, hopefully everyone feels like they can be like, they no, can I know. I'm now, kidding. But... <laughs> <laughs> but that's, what does thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Oh my goodness. Okay. So thrive to me personally, I'm going to go the personal route here is, um, answering the calling that I have deep within me and making sure I'm taking steps to achieve that. So yes, I am. I'm with my kids and helping them in the ways that I love to, but I am also making progress towards my own goals. And that's one thing that as a parent, I've always used my kids as motivation, not as an excuse to not do something. So even like with my pregnancies, I've always written and published a book or wrote and like created the course because I used those as deadlines. So I was like, okay, another kid is being added. Like we got to get something else done. What's my next goal? And, and how can I get this done before the baby's here? Um, and so now with no more babies on the way, I'm like, okay, now I need to set my goals. <laughs> now I need to set deadlines because I don't have deadlines uh, growing in me anymore. So um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> deadlines growing in me. <laughs> growing anymore. in me. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Um, so yeah, so Thrive is really just like making sure that I'm also reaching certain things by also helping people. Like everything that I do is because I just, don't want I don't want kids to have a home that honestly we don't have time for but that like I felt like sometimes when I was a child like I don't want that I want them to feel super loved I want them to feel like warm and joy not all the time obviously but there are ways of doing that so long-winded answer that's my answer 
but a good one but a good <laughs> <Thank> one <you. laughs> thank you every, of course tell everybody where they can find you online to connect with you more and also to grab copies of your books and yeah, to check out your course because yes yeah so the books are on amazon um and the one obviously is coming out so i'll be very vocal about that online um so if you follow me that's a great place to just kind of keep track of what's going on i'm keeping everyone in the loop on the process which is fun too and uh so my biggest social media is i have a youtube channel um it's all michelle underscore gano so youtube is that um instagram is that and facebook i have um like a following under fixer up for parenting so really sorry long-winded go to my normal homepage, and it has all of that on there so course.fixeruppreparenting.com is really like the key place to go and then you'll see all of my social handles in there um, and you can follow me wherever your heart can, is content and we'll make it super easy for everyone too it's all in the yeah. show notes below so just look um, below and we well, got that you was that was a lot easier to say <laughs> <laughs> So follow along on the ride and uh, we'll laugh and cry and do all that. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.